You are listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Brain and Brand Show, where you'll hear science and inspiration from guests like neuroscientist Dr. Tara Swartz. Hey guys, welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice, and I'm really grateful for both my regular listeners as well as those of you who are new to the podcast. Before we dive in today, please take a moment to rate the show and comment about your experience. Your engagement prompts the podcast platforms to promote the show. This is how we've performed so well in so many countries. It's actually your comments. In this short episode, I'll be sharing with you a behavioral science concept that you can incorporate into your personal strategy when trying to connect with consumers and colleagues in order to build a stronger connection and trigger a positive response. This episode is going live prior to the U.S. elections being called for either Trump or Biden, but there has been a record turnout for many reasons. However, this episode is less about who wins, but more about the strategy behind how candidates go about bonding with and converting voters into loyal followers. Behavioral psychology is all about understanding how the environment shapes behavior And I'm about to share with you one single behavioral design tip you can use to help you shape other people's behavior in order to direct them towards a positive goal. Unfortunately, this insight can also be used to manipulate and bad people can take this knowledge and use it for tragic purposes. I'm going to give you a good and a bad way you can use it. A good way to use behavioral design is by designing your kitchen or the office canteen in a way that triggers healthier food engagement. You can place water bottles at eye level and place drinks that are not so good for you at a higher or lower level. And you'll increase your brain's chances of being drawn to the water at eye level. Brands like Google have used this strategy at their office. You can also give consumers a range of choice options, and by designing what we call choice architecture, you can influence how consumers choose. For example, if you have a proposal, you can give the consumer a dummy option out of three, or one that you know they won't choose, and this will drive their decision-making impulses to the remaining two viable options, triggering their desire to choose one or the other, versus just giving them one option or five or more which can often cause choice paralysis. A bad way to use behavioral psychology is when grocery stores put all the sugary and unhealthy foods next to the pay and teal. This is designed on purpose because chances are you are hungry and your blood levels have shifted and by this time you are more likely to choose items that satisfy a deeper biological urge versus make the best logical decision for your health and diet goals. So you can use what I'm about to share for good or bad. I'll just trust it's to promote something positive. Today's simple behavioral psychology and behavioral design tip is called trigger the tribe effect. This is an effect that I have researched and observed that works on a political, social, and consumer level. And I'll go through all three. When there's major uncertainty in the environment because of, say, a pandemic, violence, poor economy, then people unconsciously navigate to their safe zones or to their tribal instincts. They magnetically begin bonding to people who speak the same language, look the same, identify religiously the same, and so much more. You can see this as what I call the sameness effect or the tribe effect. But ultimately, in uncertain periods, people begin connecting with people who they feel will either make them feel better or give them a better chance of surviving. And this is one of the biggest obstacles 
to inclusion and to growing your brand's reach. Let me make this clear on how it works on a personal and social level. I'll start with a personal example, how I actually use it. So let's say I want to connect with a race of people who look different from me. The first thing I do is begin studying what they desire deeply. Let me use a story. I was asked by an insurance company to promote their product, but to do it subtly by sharing a bit about personal brand influence and legacy goals. So we traveled across the country and we met with audiences who didn't necessarily know who I was. So when I arrived, I would often be greeted by an audience who was like, let's see what this guy has to say. Well, one of the audiences was an Afrikaans women's group in Pretoria. Now, this audience of women were slightly older and had no idea who I was. It's not that Afrikaans women don't know who I am, but this particular group weren't familiar. So when I was welcomed onto stage out of 300 women, only one of them actually clapped. Now, before you think they were being racist, I want you to hear me clearly. This was a group of women who probably don't go out often. They were in a safe environment where all of them knew each other or many of them knew each other. And here comes this guy who doesn't look like them, who's not a woman, who's going to talk to them about an insurance product. My instinct was I need to trigger the tribe. So I spoke to them about family values and key ideas that I know they would be interested in based on my understanding of older, strong women's groups. I saw their arms begin to relax. They began to sit up. And at the very end, I actually had books on sale. And the funny thing was two women in their 60s came up to me and asked me, was I single? Because they have daughters they would like me to meet. So how do I go from being an outsider who they won't even clap for to being an insider that they would like me to join their family? That was all about behavioral psychology, understanding how to trigger bonding chemicals and chemicals that they would feel more connected to me. And that was understanding the hierarchy of their values and what their group instincts were, which was to feel safe. They may not have known how to articulate that to me, but what they did know is that ultimately, if I spoke to those things, that they would feel drawn to me. Now, here's a political example. Trump uses the tribal effect that he'll protect them against violence. And, and even though 98 percent of people will never experience any, he knows that the media has stoked this fear and that by aligning this message to tribal sameness goals, he will reach a huge number of people. His team studies the desires of their voters. Here's another example. The Bill Clinton team did this when they targeted what was called soccer moms. They studied what the patterns of soccer moms were back in the 90s and tailored their message to connect with them. This was very effective in getting Clinton reelected. They knew the deeper impulses of these moms, where they travel, where they went, how demanding their careers were, and what it was like to have a family go to soccer matches, where they shopped, and so forth. You have to identify both what your group is saying they want, but also what you observe they want that they are not saying, or what's called revealed preferences. This requires you to look deeper at their historical tribal instincts. Trump knows that the majority of middle Americans want to preserve their suburban privilege, and while they may never say it openly, he targets that desire and inspires them to overlook his weaknesses 
for this bonding effect. And no matter what you think about Trump, this is a very effective strategy. And finally, in uncertain periods, consumers also want to feel like they are part of a community. By giving consumers the ability to be part of a movement and then in your messaging, tell them what percentage of people are a part of it as well, you can nudge people along to link them with your goals. Now, this is how this works. Let's say, for example, you've got a t-shirt campaign running. In your messaging, you can show a high percentage of people that shop here or live in a particular area are a part of this group. And people instinctively will want to be part of that movement. In the end, the key is observing what people are not saying. My mom is quite a religious woman. So she may not articulate that she is quite conservative, but if someone wants to reach her and win her over, knowing that she is religious will be important to tailoring a conservative message. The people you are trying to win over rarely say what they are really feeling inside of their tribe. But from a behavioral science perspective, just know they want to feel safe, significant, and that their future is secure. So if you can align what you're trying to accomplish, whether personally, socially, or career-wise, with the promotion of these feelings and emotions, your goal of winning will be much higher. People will feel far more connected with you. The U.S. election will be won on who uses this tribal sameness effect best. In a time of uncertainty, whether it's COVID, political, economic uncertainty, this is a powerful strategy. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.